Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill brought to you by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host tonight, Brian, and we got a full show. We got John, Dom, David, and so how's everybody doing? Good. Surviving. Really good, especially after uh, last night's fantasy draft that I had. Yeah, after you still be okay for me, but I'll, I'll forgive you. <laughs> Right. Well, glad to hear everybody's enjoying fantasy time. So we're going to jump right in. So last week we had Hall of Fame game where the Raiders beat down the Jaguars and it was not a pretty game, just being honest. But I want to get your guys' opinion on who do you want to see in the 2023 Hall of Fame class? And we'll go ahead and start with Dom. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a smaller class. Um, I really think there's only three people that really deserve to be in. Um, and that being Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis, and it may be a stretch, and uh, Devin Hester. I know, I know he's a kick returner, but he he was the best at what he did for his entire era. He's set pretty much every record in the NFL for kick returns, kick returns for touchdowns, kick returns for yards. Completely changed the game in the the kick return position. So I think he kind of deserves to be in. And I but, agree with. I love it when those guys get on into the Hall of Fame. Uh, what do you got, David? All right, so Dom kind of stole my thunder with Joe Thomas. I mean... Well, I think that's a pretty obvious one. To be fair, yeah, I'll give you that one. But yeah, the guy had a 10-year career, 07 to 17. And in those 10 years, he had 10 consecutive Pro Bowls. He was on the all-decade team and was the the modern-day Ironman with 10,363 played consecutive snaps, which... As absolutely insane bonkers that he played for so long and didn't get hurt, especially since he was a lineman of all places. And then I'd probably have to throw in maybe Dwight Freeney, played 2002 to 2017 as a defensive end or an edge. And uh, throughout his career, he had 125.5 sacks and 107.5 of them came as a member of the Colts where he won a Super Bowl. I like it. Uh, what are you thinking, John? I'm going to go with another Brown. Uh, I think he's like underrated. I don't think people think about him anymore. But Clay Matthews Sr. for the Cleveland Browns, father of Clay Matthews, played for the Packers. Well, not, his son played for the Packers. That's what I meant to say. I mean, the guy was a stud. He played for a very long time at linebacker. And I think his, his, uh, he, he should have been at the Hall of Fame a while ago, but I think he's one of those – I hope he makes it this coming year because I think he he really deserves it. And I, I hate to see the guy every single year get passed up for the Hall of Fame. So I, I'm rooting for him. I know that a lot of people have been wanting Clay Matthews Sr. I think it might be <laughs> second even because I think I think the Clay Matthews that we grew up is the third. I'm, I'd have to fact check that. I'd have to fact check that too. I just know he's the older Clay Matthews. Yeah, yeah I'm aware, but I know a lot of people have been pushing for him. So I may be wrong, but I thought last year was his last year of eligibility. But again, I I may be wrong on that. I don't know. I just think he should be in it. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, that would suck. But uh, what, who do you think, Nick? Um, I think the, a guy that I that I saw. I know we uh, mentioned like Joe Thomas and Dom uh, said Darrell Revis. Um, but another guy we mentioned, like a Pittsburgh Steeler, James Harrison, maybe. I think he's a pretty solid. He's a pretty solid linebacker throughout his career. Probably one of the better ones from the Steelers. 
over the past like 20 years or so. So, I mean, his stats are, are pretty, I feel like on par with, with a lot of people who are probably in the hall of fame right now. So I don't know if necessarily he's, cause I think this is his first year of eligibility. So um, I don't know if he's necessarily a first ballot hall of famer, but I feel like he has a good shot of, of being one, if not be making it next year. So that's kind of a name that I just was going to throw out there that everybody else hasn't made. I'm going to throw out uh, somebody else from the AFC North, which is uh, Ken Anderson. Played his entire career for the Bengals, got uh, 33,000 passing yards, and uh, he was a quarterback that took them to their first uh, Super Bowl appearance. So I definitely think he's deserving of getting in there. And uh, you guys got anybody else you want to uh, win the Hall of Fame next year? I don't have anything else to add, but I just wanted, I did fact check myself. And the Clay Matthews that we were talking about is Clay Matthews Jr. And the one that we all grew up with is Clay Matthews the third. Okay. So I just wanted to point that out real quick. Oh, that's great to know. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going on. And uh, so the other thing is we've been talking about a lot of, you know, punishment lately, especially with the Deshaun Watson stuff, but something else that happened was the dolphins got uh, punished by the NFL for tampering. Basically they went after Brady and Peyton while Brady was with the Buccaneers. Peyton was with the saints and uh, tampering is basically when you're trying to recruit somebody while they're under active contract. And usually it's kind of like a slap on the wrist, not that huge of a thing. But uh, this time the NFL find the Dolphins a first round pick, a third round pick, and several executives got fined and suspended. So I just kind of want to get your guys' opinion on this because this seemed really harsh. And we'll go ahead and go over to David. For me... I don't necessarily blame them. So trying to make some kind of effort to go get them, I don't necessarily blame them. But would I recommend doing it for any quarterback? No. And then I don't also blame the NFL because it goes along the same lines of if they could get away with trying to go for the best players, how can they expect to stop other teams from doing the exact same thing? While, yes, this may be a little bit harsh, I also understand why they would do it to prevent it from happening again. And, uh, what are you thinking, Nick? I mean, this is one of those, I guess, more fun <laughs> uh, scandals that we've had, I guess, over the past couple years. Because this one, when you really think about the complexity of, of what the Dolphins were trying to do, they were basically trying to give Tom Brady and Sean Payton partial ownership in the dolphins in order for them to play. So they kind of get like a, you know, Jackie moon kind of situation where they can kind of own the team and play a little bit. So that's definitely an interesting part. I wonder if going forward, more teams might do that to entice, um, to entice like the best coaches or the best players in order to join their teams. So that's maybe something that we might see happen more often in the future. I think that's maybe a, a good or bad consequence. I don't know. We'll have to kind of figure that out going forward. I mean, along the lines of the punishment, I don't really know what, because I don't think we've had a baseline for this. This is kind of one of the first times that I think I've heard this ever happening in this kind of a way. So a baseline of what a kind of punishment should be. I think it's a little much. I mean, taking a first round draft pick from them seems kind of, I don't know, because that's, because that's very like, I want to say like trajectory changing. You know what I mean? You take a first round pick away from somebody, that's somebody that could be very valuable to a franchise. So like, 
I would have been okay if they took like two thirds, you know what I mean? Even if, even if they took like three or four late round draft picks or something like that, like that still would hurt in the long run, but it wouldn't like, I don't think it would. Cause now to me, that's just giving an unfair advantage to all the other teams who are give, getting that, you know what I mean? When in regards like Tom Brady was already on his way out of new England and Sean Payton, you know, I think Drew Brees was probably still in New Orleans at that time, but he was pretty much on his way out. Maybe like his last season, that was probably his last season. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely something interesting. Obviously, you know, we can go back to the situation where the NFL cares more about this stuff than, you know, other things that are going on, whether that's Robert Kraft, who didn't get anything for what he was involved in, or um, when you talk about what um, I'm blanking on his name from the Falcons who got suspended for the year for gambling. On his own team. Ridley. Ridley, yeah. Ridley, no. um, oh. Compared to like Deshaun Watson, who, you know, who knows what he's going to get. Obviously, they're looking for a year, but I don't know. I guess it just is what it is. But I think the punishment is less interesting than the actual thing that they did. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've never heard of that happening before, you know, anything like it. Uh, what's your thoughts on it, John? Uh, what I, I, you know, I just feel like the way the NFL punishes owners or players or people within the organization, I just think it's just like, I don't say, I wouldn't say it's misplaced. Uh, it's like somebody does something very little, gets fined for, gets fined or has a, a really big punishment. And then somebody does something really bad and they're hardly fined or punished at all. I know we talked about this earlier. Or I've, I've done, I know I've brought it up earlier in previous shows, but the fact that like you look at Colin Kaepernick, I know he he was hasn't been a successful quarterback recently, but the guy did something a peaceful um, demonstration and he was basically blackballed of the NFL. But then somebody uh, I'm, I'm not saying who, but then somebody and another team beats up a girlfriend or assaults somebody. Or Robert Kraft does what he did. I know we talked about that in the past, and they don't get anything at all. So I just feel like you know the punishments, it's it's not equal or the same for everybody. And I think it should. No, and I agree. I, th- I think that's probably why they're we've never heard really heard of you know something like this happening. So I think they're starting out with a strict punishment. And anybody that in the future tries to do something like this could can expect basically the same exact punishment or a very similar one. Yeah. Uh, what's your take? So, I mean, I think it fits. I think the the punishment is more severe because it more directly affects the owners. And any time that a, you know, I guess discretion against the league affects the owners more uh, directly, then the NFL is going to take a little bit more seriously. I mean, you, you look at what the Dolphins did. They were directly going after the success of, you know, other teams, the Saints and the and the Patriots, I- illegally, I might add. It'd be different if Tom Brady was already a free agent. It'd be different if Sean Payton is now, is available to be a head coach for another team. When you kind of skirt around the rules to, you know, lure a franchise quarterback away from a team, you're negatively affecting the long-term success of that team. Same thing with trying to lure their head coach when you're not supposed to. So, you know, if you're going to mess around and try to screw with the long-term success of other teams, I think you should also be punished in, you know, losing a first-round pick. Yeah, that's going to hurt. Well, you shouldn't have tampered with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. You know, it, just finding them a bunch of mid-round picks, late-round picks, and suspending their owner, that's not going to do anything. You know, if 
punishments are actually severe, you're actually going to discourage this kind of behavior. Doesn't mean mid mid round picks. Those those guys are going to be barely even hanging on to roster spots in training camp in the first place. But a first round pick, that dude's pretty much guaranteed to be on the team. So yeah, hit him where it hurts. Discourage this kind of behavior. Yeah, and I definitely think they did discourage it. Is <clears throat> that was rough, but I get your point, man. Moving on to our next one, which is it's my least favorite time of the year. The NFL is talking about what penalties they want the referees to focus on. And just to list a couple that they've, you know, decided over the last couple of years was roughing the passer and pass interference, which both of those, we saw how it kind of went. There's a lot of very um, questionable calls, a lot of games that probably got cost because the refs made the wrong call. And uh, this year it is illegal contact fouls, which I didn't know was a thing. So apparently it's it happens when um, the defender makes contact with the receiver or uh, with the receiver past five yards with the quarterback still in the pocket. What do you guys think of this? And do you think it's going to take away from the officials focusing on, you know, some of the other fouls that they've been really hitting hard? We'll go ahead and start with John on this. You know, I was on the fence with this um, because, I mean, I don't want people to get hurt. I mean, people are going to get hurt, but I don't, I don't want, you know, I, you don't want people to get hurt, but and another thing, I think one of the reasons why they're doing certain things to, you know, protect the quarterback or to protect, protect the players because there's so much in money involved in those positions and in those players. But at the same time, you just got to let people play the game. So I think they need to find a happy balance between protecting the players but not taking so much from the game that there's no game to be had. Um, so I, I mean, that's hard to do. It's hard to, you know, find a, a proper balance. So that's my thought process on it. Yeah, it's hard to, I mean, I, I usually try to give the referees a decent amount of, you know, leeway, but a tough job. It's just last couple of years have driven me insane about it. What's your uh, thoughts on it, Dom? Can they just let them focus on calling good games and not specific penalties? Like, I mean, also, Another problem I have with this, why do they always focus on defensive penalties, but yet they don't care about offensive pass interference? They don't care about offensive holding. It's always the defense that they go after. I and think I it It's like I, I get points draws fans, and people want to see, you know, games all the time like the Chiefs and Bills in the playoffs. But you you gotta you got to call a fair game, and you already are penalizing the defense for looking at quarterbacks wrong, let alone hitting them. And defensive players can't tackle. So now what are you going to do with cornerbacks? Like you, they can't do their job. Like you're, you're making it harder for them to do their job. You're making, so, you're making it so much easier for the offense to do their job. And it's just not a fair, not a fair way to call the game. And yeah, I agree, man. I mean, I wish they would just let the players play, call the fouls when they happen instead of focusing on specific stuff. But I think that is why they're, you know, focusing on defensive fouls is just they want as much offense as possible because it draws in bigger crowds, makes the money. Well, and it also makes the ref job a lot easier, a lot more difficult, and which is why they're calling games so poorly because every year the NFL changes what they want them to focus on and changes the rules. Not everyone looks at the rules the same way. Not everyone's on the same page of what the rules are. So you have a lot of miscommunication, a lot of bad calls because these refs don't know what to call. <laughs> It, it just yeah what's uh what's your thoughts on it nick i couldn't agree with don more i think i don't know i i think a lot of people use the word soft like the nfl has become soft i don't know if i like that word i think it's 
I think it's because of these these stupid things that, that they're having them do, you know, whether they're focusing more on pass interference or I mean we've seen literally what was it like five years ago now that we saw what the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl the first time when they knocked the Saints out when whoever yep. that was literally destroyed their wide receiver on the sidelines and nothing got called. And that was clearly like, I don't know. It's just, it's those kinds of things. Like they're not even, like they're not even focusing on it, even when they tell them to focus on it, just let them, let the guys go out there and play. Right. There's, there's clear things that you can look at and you can see and you're like, okay, wow. Yeah. That was a little unnecessary. Right. That was an unnecessary hit. That was clearly head to head contact. You know what I mean? These kinds of things, like let's, let's worry about more of this stuff than like, I don't care if the cornerback is jamming up the wide receiver, you know, if they're like close to it, like if it's like five yards down the field, are we really going to worry about that? Like that's part of the game of them bumping and grinding down the field. You know what I mean? Like there's so many calls where the cornerback will get pass interference down the field and the wide receiver is given just as much, you know, they're doing just as much back and forth as not all the cornerback down the field. So you're, you're literally all they're doing is, is it's basically like what it was, um, what when the MLB did it, was it last season or the season before when they banned all those different kinds of, um, Oh, like it was like halfway through the season, they banned that substance that they were allowed yeah, to uh, use. Sticky tag, spider tag, yes. and sunscreen mixed with uh, rosin. Because like literally nobody was hitting any balls. Well, how is how is that how was that the pitcher's fault? Like, and also it was it was proven to be much safer for the pitchers because it was gonna be less, it was gonna be less on their arms to hurt them when they were trying to do more um off-speed pitches, you know. Just I don't know. It, these these things, it's it's basically just trying to help the game, like you said, Brian, be more entertaining offensively. But if you would if you would take some of these BS rules away, it would be more entertaining because what did we all love watching football when we were younger? When people literally went out there and were popping each other. Obviously, we want to do it safely, but we need to figure out a happy medium. You know what I mean? We need to figure out how to still have those big hits to make the game exciting. And we need to figure out how to still make sure we can have those explosive offensive plays because then at what, what is the point in even paying for defensive players at this point, everybody should just try to be offensive players because that's where all the money is going to go. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to pay a cornerback $20 million a year when I can have a, 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 a very mid cornerback go out there and just follow the wide receiver around and let him catch balls all day. That doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? So why do I need JC Jackson? Why do I need Jalen Ramsey? I don't care. Like I'm not going to pay you $20 million a year because you're not going to be able to do anything anyway. So it's just, it's taking money out of the defensive players pockets. It's making their job harder and we're not getting, you know, as many of those big hits. And, and it's just, it's just a bunch of BS and then the refs are going to call bad games and we're all just going to get upset. So I, I just, I don't know. I don't understand. I could not agree with you more. I mean, yeah. By the way, I completely forgot about the whole Rams Saints thing, and now I'm a little angry because that, yeah. When I, I saw that live, and that upset me so bad, they didn't get called for that. Yeah, and that's What's that's your... that started that like that three or four year skid for the Saints, where Drew Brees like literally that was they they had some of the better teams in the league, and like he just got so unlucky every single year in the playoffs trying to go to the Super Bowl, and like I don't know, just insane. yeah. What's your uh, what's your thoughts on it, David? I think that it just ruins the game altogether. I think that if this wasn't the NFL and one of the biggest sports out there, I think that this decision hurts the league more than anything. But because it's the NFL and because they're going to make it, they're going to make that much money anyways, they don't really care. I mean, I don't. I don't know if if it makes it safer or it's like going to 
you know, ruin the league. I just think it's dumb and, you know, makes the playing field as pretty much as unlevel as it possibly can be. Well, and I think too, it's one of those things like we, we see it as like, why are we doing all this stupid stuff? And I, I guess maybe to play devil's advocate on the other side, you know, I guess maybe part of the reason they're doing a lot of these things and they're making it a lot harder on the defense to to have these bigger hits or to be as successful because when it's all said and done here soon, you know what I mean? There's going to be some sort of lawsuit that comes from that comes towards the NFL when it comes to CTE and stuff like that. And like there's going to be something that comes from that. So what maybe they can do is say, hey, like, yes. You know, we didn't do stuff before, but we learned what this was at the same time as everybody else. And look at what we've done since then. Look at the rule changes we've done. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of things. That's the only way that I can think of why they're doing this, because because the game isn't as fun as it was before. It's not as fun to watch. I don't think it's as fun to play for the guys. You know what I mean? And like when you have somebody like Ben Roethlisberger comes out and says, all these guys are just out here for the money. Well, of course they're out here for the money because the game's not even really that fun to play anymore, because what's the point? You can't go out there and touch anybody or tackle anybody like dom said you literally get penalized for looking at somebody wrong so it's just like i mean look how bad like the taunting calls were four or five years ago before they changed that and they just allowed people to do end zone celebrations after touchdowns a couple years ago like think about what the game was for like a 10-year time span it just wasn't fun to really that fun to watch and it probably wasn't that fun to play so it changed the way people thought about it they're like i just need to go get my bag and then that is what it is. So I don't know. Well, you guys all brought up really great points. And yeah, I agree. But we'll see what uh, crazy thing they want to focus on next year when it comes to penalties. But we'll move on to the next topic, which <clears throat> I don't want to keep bringing it up. But I know we've talked about Deshaun Watson a lot lately. The NFL has decided to appeal that whole situation. We're still waiting on a final decision. But if you guys are the Browns, are you thinking about making a play for uh, Jimmy G? I mean, so basically the 49ers have said that they're going, they're willing to keep him until cutdown day. So to me, it sounds like he's 100% not going to be on that team at the beginning of the season. But do you guys think that the Browns should make a play for him? And if you do, what would a trade look like? We'll go ahead and start with Nick on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned it last week when we went over the NFC North at maybe the Browns would consider bringing in Jimmy G. I know Dom disagreed with it because of already how much capital they've put into Deshaun Watson. I don't, I don't know what the right answer is to do here. You know what I mean? I, I think the NFL needs to figure out what decision they want to make and figure it out quick. That way, you know, the Browns can figure out what they're going to do at quarterback, but I don't know cap wise, if they're really going to be able to make a trade and bring on that contract. And I don't know if they really want to spend more capital to bring in another quarterback for a year just to compete. I don't know if that makes that much sense. Um, I think they would probably be better off waiting for the 49ers to cut him and then maybe make some sort of one year, $10 million deal or something like that. Be like, Hey, you got literally a Super Bowl roster. Come prove it, figure it out. And then next year, hopefully somebody will pay you big bucks to go pet play for their team. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I think rocking with Jacoby Brissett's probably going to be the better option, even if Deshaun Watson's out for the year. But again, I, I don't know. It just depends on how competitive they want to stay and if they actually want to compete for a Super Bowl this year. So I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough spot to be in as a GM, but I don't know. They kind of did it to themselves by bringing in Deshaun Watson the way they did. So I don't, I don't really know if I feel that bad for them. So 
but we'll see what happens. Yeah, just a little bit. What uh, what do you think, David? I think that if the NFL gets the decision overturned and Watson gets suspended for a year, which I think he should have been suspended for a year, at least since the entire discussion began, I think that the Browns should stick with Jacoby Brissett. I've been arguing that pretty much every discussion that we've made regarding Deshaun Watson since our first like Deshaun Watson heavy episode that we did, what, a month ago now? Plus, almost two months ago? I think that they should stick with it because the offense is set up for one of really two options. One, it's set up for Jacoby Brissett starting in the beginning of the season with Deshaun Watson coming into the season later on. Or two, it's only set up for Deshaun Watson, and Jacoby Brissett is just here to play until he gets here. Essentially, the offense was designed around Deshaun Watson regardless. And I don't think adding Jimmy G will change anything because, like I said before, he was a field general. He's He may not be the greatest quarterback out there, but he's going to get you to where you need to be. And if he's healthy, could potentially lead you to a Super Bowl. But then that brings me up to my last point. He's super injury prone. Why give up something to a player who, while is good, is super injury prone? Do you got a response, John? Yeah, um, I do agree that Jimmy Jimmy G is uh, injury prone. That's one of the reasons why I wouldn't trade for him. I think the Browns need to play defense and run the ball. Uh, I think that's. I think they can do that. I think they're capable of doing that, and I think they should do that when. Deshaun Watson comes back. I think if Jimmy Brissett, not Jimmy Brissett, Jacoby Brissett can just manage a game and not turn the ball over while having a great run game and playing D, I think we'll be okay. okay now we'll let uh, Don finish off this topic. What do you think, man? I mean, it, it is a tough situation. I think depending on the length of Deshaun Watson's suspension will kind of dictate how the Browns act. If he's suspended for a year, yeah, I'm getting Jimmy G in as soon as possible. I'm not waiting for cut down day because that means he just has less and less time to you know build up build up chemistry with his teammates, learn the playbook, and that means he's going to be less prepared in games when we need. If it's you know seven, eight, ten games, even twelve, twelve, even twelve, I would consider going after Jimmy G. But anything less than that, it'll be tough because um, I don't really think Jacoby Brissett's that great of a quarterback. You know, besides, you know, a couple decent years in Indy, he hasn't really done anything. Um, you know, if I'm the Browns, the, the roster around Deshaun Watson is built to win now. I don't want to waste another year of Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, uh, potentially top 10 defense, all because we decided to sit with Jacoby Brissett instead of bringing in a dude that, yes, he can be injury prone. But when he is on the field, he doesn't make many mistakes. He's been to two NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl, and was a couple plays away from getting to a second Super Bowl. So if the Browns are serious about winning now like they say that they are, then, yeah, I would consider bringing him in. Even if it is just a one-year rental, it will negatively affect them next year because even though they do have the cap for it this year, it's going to limit how much money they can roll over into the cap next year which I think is really what they're trying to do because they know that they got other dudes that they need to re-sign. And um, Sean Watson's salary cap goes from like $1 million this year to like $45 million next year. So if they can roll over as much money as possible, that's going to help them out in the long run. But you, you got you to gotta go win. And I think 
if Deshaun Watson suspended more than 12 games, Jimmy Garoppolo is your best option. Well, and you know, I think we're forgetting about another first round draft pick at quarterback. Don't you dare mention Josh Rosen. No, 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 no. Somebody else came available this week. I, I saw it, you know, in, in the headlines now. So I don't know if you know down there in Carolina, but Sam Donald is available. So, you know, maybe the Browns go out there and get Sam Donald. No, no, so no. We, we, get, we, get, <laughs> we get rid of no. the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft for a dude that was even worse in the same draft class. You know, you know, it'd be hilarious, though. I just I feel like I don't know if it was the face that you made or the fact you thought I was serious. <laughs> no, I knew you weren't serious. Even though I knew you were joking. It was so stupid. Oh, no, it's dumb. I, I don't even think anybody's going to trade for him. I think Carolina's over there. I don't even know. They're just doing dumb stuff. Their running back can't stay healthy, and they have probably, like, the worst quarterback room. Of, well, not the worst. Bottom five quarterback room. Yeah. God, that's going to give me nightmares for a while. What the thought of uh, what if Sam what if what if they did though like what if what if they were like hey we'll give you back what you gave us for Baker if you just give us Sam Darn like yeah well you know what if a lot of things you never know how how sad is fans if you guys rock with I wouldn't really Sam Darn would see playing time Jacoby Brissett would still start over Sam Darn maybe yeah. but we've we've seen crazier decisions I wouldn't be so disappointed because it would be on par with the freaking Browns. It no, would be. And Browns would be starting Josh Rosen. This My point still stands. Go ahead go ahead and find Braxton Miller somewhere and put him at quarterback. You know what? Just run with the Wildcat then. Just, just yeah. bring, bring back the Wildcat from the 08 Dolphins and just run with that. You're going to bring him back. <laughs> you guys should trade for Taysom Hill. Play him more at tight end than quarterback. Uh, can we move on to someone else? Can we cut off his microphone? <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to move on to our final topic of the night, which is our divisional uh, record prediction. And we've talked about some really, really good divisions. You know, the AFC North, the AFC West. Yeah, we're not talking about a good division this year or this week. We're talking about a division that has been absolute dog poop for the last couple of years, and that is the NFC East. So uh, basically, same thing as usual, guys. Just start with, you know, who do you think is going to finish absolute last in this division, and then who do you think and you know, work your way up to who's going to win it somehow. And we'll go ahead and start off with uh, Dom on this one. So I think the, the race for last place is going to be between the Commanders and Giants, probably with the Giants winning that race. Um, I got no faith in Daniel Jones as a starting quarterback in the league. Seven wins, if they're very lucky, I think they're going to be more in the five to six range. Um, and if Saquon Barkley, if Saquon Barkley gets hurt again, um, they're probably looking at four. Um, the Commanders, you got Carson Wentz, so it's not going to be that great of a year. I think you know six, seven, maybe eight wins if Carson Wentz doesn't snap both ankles on one play again. Um, they do have some talent on that defense, but you know who really knows because they don't really have any other offensive weapons besides Antonio Gibson and uh, Scary Terry. I think this this division is really going to be a race between the Eagles and Cowboys uh, for the top spot. I have I, I like the Eagles roster overall a little bit better, but I think Dak Prescott is a little bit of a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, um, so I, I'm going to give. Eagles second, and then the Cowboys first. They'll both probably be nine, ten, maybe eleven win teams. Um, you know, obviously pretty close. They can go either way. But yeah, 
I got the Cowboys finishing first and the Eagles finishing second. And uh, what do you got on this one, uh, John? Uh, I think the Eagles are going to win the division. I could see them going. I don't think they're, I think they're going to be like a 10, 11 win team. Uh, I got the Cowboys going nine and eight. Uh, I think they might make the playoffs because they're in such a terrible division as it is. Uh, but I don't see them winning as many games as they did the previous year. And then I think that the Washington Commanders and the Giants are going to be very much at the bottom. But I could maybe see one of the Giants or the Commanders making a playoff push just because the division is as weak as it is. So it's one of those things where or it's one of those divisions where it, any team could probably win it because it is so poor or at least make a chance towards or put making a playoff push. Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, it's a bad division. They could all compete for it and then get knocked out in the wild card round. I could very easily see that happen. What's your thoughts on it, David? I know that Dumb said it was a race for last place. I'd argue it's a race for second place. Because <laughs> if anything, I think the Cowboys win the division. Because I think overall they're the probably the best team out of all of them. At least they're the most prepared. And I think that just because I have no belief in Daniel Jones, uh, I think that the Eagles go second and that the uh, – honestly, the last place is – the third and last place kind of is a coin flip. But I think that the Commanders might have some luck and go third and the Giants go last. Yeah, Why I think uh, – That look there, Nick. What did you mean by race for second? Because then you just said that everybody was going to be last. I don't understand what that point was. I was like, what? You're muted, Dom. So whatever you're saying is not coming out. Everyone else is bad. So it's really just a coin flip at that point. Well, then why not just say that? Why did you go? Why did you go? Oh, the Eagles are definitely coming in second. And then the commanders and the Giants aren't coming. I'm like, I was just I, I was like, OK, so he's just saying everybody else is bad. I'm cool with that. But then why go through and? Rank? I'm what? <laughs> I had to give a rank at some point. Oh, no, you didn't. You said it was a race for a second. So then you're not ranking everybody. I don't know. That's that's why I was confused. I was just like, what are we? Because I because I almost kind of agree with you, but I but I, I well I don't agree with you, but I agreed with almost your statement that you said at the beginning. Then you okay? Didn't. So you agree with the statement? You just don't agree with the 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 standings that I gave. Well, because you didn't support it, and it was weird. And no. I just, I just phrased it wrong. Is all you kind of like pooped out words Herb there, like John pooped out his butt earlier. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right, you know, what, Nick, let's hear what you got. <laughs> oh man, listen, I, I, I kind of. I think the Cowboys are going to win the division. I think everybody probably could look at that. I, I think they have the best quarterback in the division. I, I, I think Dak's probably a top 12 quarterback in the league. People argue that he's top 10, but I do think that he's at least top 12. I think Zeke still has enough in the tank. I think Tony Pollard and him can split carries, and I think they're both going to be pretty productive running backs. I think the only thing that's going to hurt the Cowboys is they don't really have a wide receiving core that I think they've had in the past, but I do think the rest of the team is going to be able to keep up. I think the Eagles are going to be a team that's going to be sneaky. They're either going to be good or they're not going to be good. That's usually how they work. I think it's all dependent on whether or not Jalen Hurts is actually going to come out and be a productive quarterback. He hasn't had a bad start to his career, especially with what he's had to work with. So I think if, if they can come out and they can win some games and he can 
put some good performances together, I think they could be a threat to maybe being first in that division or close enough to give themselves a wild card spot. I think the, the Giants and the Commanders are going to be under 500 for this. Carson Wentz is completely garbage. I don't understand why they gave up what they gave up for him when players like Kirk Cousins were out there. Um, Jimmy G's out there. They could have even gone out and got Matt Ryan. I think that would have been a better option. Clearly, the Colts thought that was a better option. Um, I just don't understand why they gave up what they did for him. And I feel bad for Terry McLaurin. I feel bad for Curtis Samuel. Um, I feel bad for pretty much every other player that has to catch balls from him because they're going to have crapsy. And it's just, I don't understand why they did what they did. With the Giants, I think that they could be a lot better better than what people are going to think they could be i but you can't trust that saquon's going to be healthy and daniel jones he he can't run 40 yards down the field without face planning so i don't i i just i don't believe in them i don't think that they're going to be that good of a team i think that they actually finish last um i think they finish with about like six wins i think the commanders finish around like eight or nine wins I think the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to both finish with 10 plus wins this season. It's just going to depend on who has, you know, more than 10 wins this season, who wins that division. For me, I think it's like who comes last is really going to just depend on if there by some miracle Carson Wentz doesn't break something this year. If he stays healthy, Giants are finishing last, no doubt in my mind. If what's probably going to happen, he injures himself, misses a big chunk of the season, Commanders finish last. And then where I'm going to differ from a lot of people is I actually think the Cowboys finish second in the division. I have like, I just have so many trust issues with them. And then I actually got the Eagles winning the division. I know, shocking. I don't, I don't think it's that shocking. <clears throat> I think that's them. I think they're a team that like, that I forgot in that last episode when we were like, what's a team that might surprise you this year? That was a team that I forgot about. But I think this is a team that might surprise a lot of people. I think if, like I said, if Jalen Hurts takes those right strides, I think he can be a very good type quarterback um, along with using, you know, the mobility that he that he does have. But yeah, and I agree. All right. So I appreciate everybody coming on. And then I'm going to hand it over to John real quick as he does have an announcement he wants to make for our listeners. All right, everybody. Um I, my family has season tickets to the Cleveland Browns. And since my family, I'm the only one of my family that plays Madden, the new Madden video game coming up this uh, August, I, I'm getting my Madden for free because when you have season tickets for the Cleveland Browns, it's one of the perks that you can get. So I just wanted to spread the word to all our listeners that if you have a season tickets to the Cleveland Browns or know somebody that has tickets to season, that has tickets season tickets to Cleveland Browns, you can get yourself a free copy of Madden. Uh, they have it for PlayStation 4 and uh, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, and the Xbox Series X and S. Um, now, for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, it's probably be around $65 if you paid, paid for like a GameStop or Walmart or someplace else. So if you get Madden for free for those, that's, those systems, it saves you 65 bucks. If you have one of the newer consoles like I do and other people do, saves you about 75, 76 bucks. So I'm just like I said before, I'm I'm putting my I'm putting the word out there trying to save you guys some money. If you have any questions, just contact Deep Dive Sports. All right. Thanks, John. And uh thanks guys for joining me. This has been Two Minute Drill. Hope everybody has a good night. We'll see you next time. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. 
And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, Two Minute Drill listeners, until next time.